everybody. Welcome to, I guess we aren't quite in December yet, huh? Uh, we're the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Joel, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys. What's going on? It is Jason. November 30th, I guess, is probably our drop date on this one. So yep. I hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Uh, Jason, this is the worst time of board gaming year. I'm going to say it right now. Like, the cons are basically over. Um, and this is that time of year where, like, you go to a family function, and they're like... I brought board games, everybody. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Did you bring? Yep, yep, you did. It's categories and five-second rule. This is not good. Yep. Oh, yep. boy. So, yeah, I had to play some of those this weekend, but last weekend, but I don't know. Overall, it was a good Thanksgiving. How was yours? It was good. We're the ones that bring the games. So it was a lot of Dice Forge type things, and we actually ended up playing Dice Forge. So I only got in one game, but at least it was a, a pretty solid game. I played uh, Secret Hitler with my 70-year-old father-in-law, so that was fun. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> a, a pastor at a like semi-mega church here in the area, so that's pretty fun. That is fun. That game is always exciting to play with church people. <laughs> I gave him two... I was a fascist, and I gave him two fascist policies. I was like, all right, everybody, I gave him a choice, fascist or, or liberal. And he just looked at me like, you terrible man. And he's like, I'm not even going to say anything. And he just like put one down. Yeah, that that's hilarious. He was <laughs> like, it, game over. Making a pastor lie. That's always fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um <laughs> So Jason, I, I, uh, this is something. Okay, this is this is the zaniest thing we've done at the top here. Um, I have a a bonus question because there's some stuff for like wrapping up the year that I think we should talk about that maybe doesn't merit an episode or a, a feature. Okay, but what's your favorite company? What company positioned themselves the best this year? Like, what company improved the most or just really was like, whoa, that company came on strong this year? Uh, I'm probably gonna roll with Plan B slash Spiel. That's a solid pick. Yeah, that's that's the one that has the most memorable games for me this year. So I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. Here's mine, and it's radical, okay? This company went from being like a basically like a Hasbro, make cheap, terrible plastic games into like being a legit, whoa, these guys are in the industry. That's Roxley Games. Those guys put out some pretty great stuff here. And uh, I don't know, man. Pretty cool that they're doing what they're doing. And they have as broad appeal and as broad a marketing and distribution as they do. So... I don't know. It's pretty cool. Roxley Games doing what they're doing. So Plan B is a really good choice, though. I mean, they made they be they grew a ton this year, just an absolute ton. I think in no small part because of Azul for sure. But yeah, I'm glad that they're working with Eggert Spiel now and and uh, Next Move kind of their their I don't know. I guess subsidiary or I don't know. No, I don't know what they are. But anyway, like cool stuff coming out from them for sure. Yeah, I didn't realize Roxley was like Hasbro. I had never heard of them until what was the first game they put out? Was that Santorini? Did they do that? Yeah, but they've done a bunch of like. Spin Masters type games, like all throughout. Oh, like, uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So I don't know. Them putting out the big boxes of brass was yeah. pretty amazing, honestly. Yeah, that's their big dog right there. <laughs> well, and then they, they are just like, man, they're tearing it up with, um, like, there's a bunch of people on the internet talking just about how great their customer service is, which we're not seeing from other people right now. So, like, somebody was like, hey, I was missing a card in Santorini. So they sent me like a whole new stack of cards and Plus some extra bonuses. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So yeah, I don't know. I, I I think they're just doing some cool stuff. And I mean, they went from being like this real cheap little make a knockoff sad version of Santorini into putting out brass. So I don't know. And I think I'm interested to see what they do next. Their logo is pretty funny too. I mean, like it's like a rooster kind of weird thing or whatever. So. Right. Yeah. 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 Hey, they're making a name for themselves. That's for sure. So I think they got a good thing going right now. Yep. For sure.
All right, so I found uh, three pieces of news that I wanted to talk about today. And the first one is the third installment of the Suro Now trilogy, and it is Suro Phoenix Rising. And that's from Calliope Games, and they're demoing it at PAX. It's set to release in 2019, and outside of that, I really know nothing about it. But I'm sure it's moving something around on a path and trying not to fall off the edge. I mean, that's my guess. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm 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 pretty positive you're right there. Um, I think that they, I don't know, I I like Calliope Games. I think they're a really cool company, and I just say that because I've I've met their like founder or whatever, and he's a really nice guy. And it's a small company. I think it's still pretty much family based. So um, I don't know. I I like the company. I like them. I I hope they do well. Um, but. Uh, so okay Jason I'm going to go ahead and butt in here there's a really cool blog that I just found today and I posted it on our Facebook page so if you're following us on Facebook you can read the whole thing Um, but I mean full credit over there if you want to check it out but he basically is talking about like can we really keep putting out 5,000 games every year eventually we're all going to run out of space and we're not going to buy games anymore so if something's not awesome and innovative maybe just don't make it if it doesn't make something awesome happen for us and I kind of feel the same way about this one you know what I mean like do we really need another Sorrow game? Uh, maybe we do. I don't know. Maybe it does something totally different, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I'll just say that. I like I like that company. Um, I like Sorrow just fine, but a third version of Sorrow? I mean, like I know of at least two other versions of Sorrow, so that's where I'm at. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that Sorrow has going for it is at least they look nice. Like, Sorrow of the Seas had... The board was gorgeous, but you didn't even get to see it once you covered it up with tiles. So, <laughs> yeah. So maybe this one will be good looking too so there's always that yeah for sure all right the next game is called i don't know how to say this ragusa ragusa and it's from capstone and as of when this recording drops there'll be 15 days left on kickstarter and what this game looks like is it looks like a game that's similar to council of four but with more complexity and instead of just having connections to your own buildings if you build a connection linked to somebody else's buildings they're going to get the bonuses. So every time a building is built, as long as there's a connection involved, all the bonuses of everybody's buildings are going to fire. And it has some card play, and it looked like there might have been some player board stuff that you're trying to collect some resources. So it looked like a cool game and had really cool artwork and graphic design. So Ragusa from Capstone is one that I'm kind of interested in, and go check it out if you like Council of Four. Yeah, Ragusa, um, I don't know anything about, but Capstone Games could be in that conversation for really good designers that came on strong this last year. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That pipeline game's got good things going. Uh, the estates game has been happening. Yeah. They're right up there for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the last thing is it's not a specific board game, but it's another merger that took place. And this time it is from NSKN and board and dice. And they're now called board ampersand dice instead of board and dice. So, um, yeah, that's the extent of that. Uh, Board and Dice published the networks and, well, along with Formal Ferret and NSKN have Teotihuacan, Dice Settlers, Dragon's Gate College, and some other games. So I don't know what that's going to bring, but they changed their name from Board and Dice to Board and Dice. So that's kind of exciting. In related news, we just merged our podcast with Shut Up and Sit Down. Uh, we're now calling ourselves Shut Up Ampersand Set Down. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know why they just called it that. It's it's silly, but 
<laughs> Whatever. I'm really happy about this because um, NSKN, as far as I'm concerned, was like a uh, like they make spark plugs, right? Like that's what that company sounds like to me. <laughs> it does kind of, yeah. So I think that them getting rid of that terrible, terrible name uh, is just fine with me um, because they have some really cool games. So including Teotihuacan, um, which I'm positive I'm saying wrong, but if I say it yeah. funny, maybe people won't notice. Yeah, I think everybody's saying it like that, so everybody's saying it wrong. <laughs> We're not Mayan. We don't know. No, we aren't. <laughs> and then Dragon's Gate College, um, that's one that I know you have. Yeah, I have had? it. Yeah, I have it still. I don't know. I have it still. I think it, that, I mean, like, if you look up Jason's, hmm, they're okay, games, like, list, it's probably near the top, if I had to guess. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we played it once. Everybody else wasn't super fond of it. The rule book's not great. Some of the iconography on some of the tiles is not great, but... It's a fun game if you can get past all of that. So, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it looked like an early offering from a company. I mean, like, honestly, like, the board design and stuff was, like, a little plain when I looked at it. I don't know. Like, not horrible, but, I mean, like, I don't know. And it kind of looked like this is just me in my own head, like, how I remember it and how memories can be faulty. Um, Like, how I, like, thought Roxley was Spin Masters earlier in this episode. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like, Roxley did, like, kind of get a start, like, putting games in Target. But, I mean, like, uh, anyway, uh dragon's gate like like it the board looks like sorry to me i don't know like that's how my mind remembers it and i just think i remember it because it has like tracks with like circles at the end of it i don't know yeah it does kind of look like that there's like a maze track that looks like that and it's i mean it looks like a euro game so i mean you should know what you're gonna get when you think about that yeah i i don't i remember i don't remember what you said about it but i remember you thinking it was fine i mean nothing awesome on it but dice settlers um it looks cool it got a lot of buzz and Teotihuacan, I know that you are totally stoked about. I'm just waiting for the finished version to come out. That's when I'm going to buy one. Um, I know they're selling a lot of prototypes now with these really plain white things that you put in the middle of the board. But <laughs> once they get a finished product, man, it's going to look really nice. Yeah. I, I'm going to burst your bubble, but I think that is the finished product for you. Oh. Oh, darn. <laughs> You're building the pyramid, man. You're building the pyramid with plain white plastic stones. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. <laughs> it's a Euro game. <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, Jason, before you move on from news, some other things we would be remiss to not mention. Um, Ryan Murray of the Columbus Blue Jackets has 11 goals at this point in the season, uh, having kind of a career year. Wow. So there's our Blue Jackets update for the week. Yeah, that's awesome. Also, my copy of Dinosaur Island hasn't arrived yet. Uh, I don't know about you, but mine's not here yet. No, but I did see from one of the designers that they're supposed to be shipping out in America starting tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah. that that's That's some pretty good news. Somebody in Australia posted their picture and then... One of the guys is like, hey, what about America? And then the designer came in and said, hey, what about tomorrow? And then, <laughs> you know, so that's cool. So so be on the lookout. I'm more excited for Goo Gong, I think. Yeah, and I think Goo Gong actually arrived in the warehouse. They're both in the same warehouse right now. Like QM Logistics has them both. Um, but I think Goo Gong actually arrived earlier, but I haven't heard anything about when it's going out. Um, and I don't know if like Pandasaurus with its million dollar Kickstarter can like kind of strong arm them into doing theirs first yeah, or not. That's but I true. think they like it's certainly possible they could both arrive on the same day. Um, I think they're both shipping pretty soon. Um, That'd be amazing. So, I, yeah, I'm pretty excited about both of them. Did you see that Gugong has a misprint in it? That's unfortunate too. Yeah, I did see that, but they said it doesn't affect gameplay at all. So that's fine. And they're replacing the tile for free. So, I mean, if you go to a con and they're there, they'll give you a tile. So that's pretty cool of them to make it right but i am still super excited about that game coming out um so that's that's our uh dinosaur island update and our podcast inside the podcast jacket talk so uh moving on from that <laughs> yep let's go on and talk about some games we played 
All right, so I got the opportunity to play a game that I've been wanting for like three years, and based on theme alone, and I know that's shocking because I could care less about theme, but this theme really drew me in. It's about being in a metal band, trying to record singles and albums and get them up as high as you can on the charts, and that game is called Thrash and Roll. This is a dice worker placement game where you're visiting these locations to record albums, get better instruments, learn how to play better. Um, recruit some fans, recruit some supporters, and then eventually go on tour with the biggest band in Poland called Turbo. And I don't know, like I loved it. It It is a dice placement game where the numbers on the dice when you roll them really don't matter. You just need of a kinds and straights. And then you have these cards that can add like virtual dice to it at certain locations to give you bonuses. It's amazing. This is probably the best game that I've played this year. And it's not even from this year. That's how much I dug this game. So thrash and roll. It, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. I like this game. I like this better than Lisboa right now. You love Death Clock, Death Clock Yahtzee that much? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Dude, I think I think part of it is actually because I've just been wanting it for so long. And and the theme is cool. So yeah, I I like it. And it's it's super fun. And I can't wait to play it again. If somebody wants to like super bless, like super bless Jason, okay, like make Jason, Jason like forever happy and just make him like just love you, like love you just so much, just message me. I'm Joel. I'm the Joel side of this. Message me, not the board game mechanics. Get his address for me and then mail him the ICP trading card game. Oh, that would just man. make him so happy. That'd be wicked cool, man. It's a deck builder, ICP deck builder. I'd be all on that. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called, but there's definitely really an ICP deck builder. It's, it's I called love that. Into the Echo Side, and I'm sad that I know that. I, I'm not, man. You you hang on to that juggalo, dude. <laughs> you could take the boy out of the juggalo, but you can't take the juggalo out of the boy. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is. And now we got to mark this episode explicit, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Thrash and Roll was one game that I played, and it, it was Dude, great. it's you like it more than Lisboa. That is insane. I, I'm telling you, man, it's only because I, I honestly think it's because the theme was so awesome, and I've been wanting this game forever, like longer than Lisboa, and it's it's been impossible to find, and luckily I found a copy. Your number two game, right behind Into the Echo Side, which you haven't played <laughs> yep. yet. ICP and Thrash Metal, that's how I roll. Jason, I gotta be honest, man, like... <laughs> You really do like your voice. Like it does feel like behind the music. We're going to talk to the lead guitarist of this metal band. So like, <laughs> I get it. Like you kind of have that whole thing going on. Yeah. I mean, I love metal and I've been playing in bands forever. So I don't know. Maybe that's part of it too. It makes you feel like I'm actually doing something with my musicianship other than doing nothing with it. So living vicariously through a board game. I, I just started a new band, Jason. So, but this is the fun part. Jason's like, if I start a band, I'm going to get the awesomest purple glittery guitar with points all over it and shininess. And like, I'm going to tease my bangs and we are going to play Def Leppard all night long. <laughs> okay. That's a slight exaggeration, but that's, that's like Jason's jam is that like, you know, thr thrash and roll. My, my number one board game of the year has been the Mumford and Sons Greener Acres banjo plucking game. Um, yeah, I don't think they have that game. No, but I honestly like my my number one game is uh it's called Moonshine Boys by the Avid Brothers and you you grow moonshine. I, can you grow moonshine? Is that a thing? Uh you grow potatoes I think and then you turn it into moonshine. Is it potatoes or corn? Uh corn makes whiskey. I don't oh, know. Oh boy. Potatoes make mash, like mashed potatoes. 
Oh boy, this is our third <laughs> podcast inside the podcast now. Now it's really explicit. <laughs> let's let's guess how to make how to make moonshine with Joel and Jason. Yeah, who have no idea how to make moonshine, but it's made with something that you ferment or something, and yeah. it gets alcoholic. You okay? You're gonna need a lot of metal. <laughs> And some copper pipes that you coil up. Yeah, I saw it in a movie once. <laughs> and then probably a fire. There's gonna be, there's gonna be a fire. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just watch some Andy Griffith. They usually go bust a a still every episode or two. So we both love moonshine, but Jason loves some some heavyweight music, and and I love me some Avid Brother music. And our Venn diagrams overlap with like the Smashing Pumpkins and Dashboard Confessional. So, yep. um, that, there we go. Um, so, uh, what I played, Jason, I played When I Dream. It was a bouquet game. I just don't want to talk about it. Bye. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not, but uh, that game seems okay. I think you should talk about it. It's fine. It's not awesome. I mean, like the group I played with wasn't great. The game is When I Dream. Um, I was a little ashamed of it, but now I'm not. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about it. Uh, when I Dream, you have <laughs> the blindfold is ridiculous. So you have someone wear a blindfold, and then everyone else can see these cards, and then you have rolls. So like, there's secret rolls in it, which is kind of interesting. Um, but you're describing this card to try and get them to say this word. You're giving one word hints. So it's kind of like code names meets. The resistance meets pin the tail on the donkey. I don't know. Like, it's just interesting. So you have people who are the sandmen who want the stacks of cards to be even for like the numbers they got right and the numbers they got wrong. And then there are the fairies, and the fairies want them to get everything right. And then there's the boogeyman, and the boogeyman want them to miss everything. So, like as you bring the mask, you're trying to figure out who are the boogeymen, who are the fairies, who are the who are the uh, sandmen. So like. As you're going around, you're like, can I trust what they're saying or not? And like, some people are just super obvious. Like, I don't even know an example, but like, it's just, it's an interesting game. It's fun. I would way rather play it than Dixit. I would way rather play it than Dick, than Code Names. But I, I, this isn't going to crack my top 100, certainly. Um, and I mean, like, I could not play this ever again in my life and be fine. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, four a strong four not quite a six out of ten and again no odd numbers allowed so if there were odd numbers it might be a five but um i'd say a strong four probably i mean i'll play it if somebody really wants to play it but i'm not going to request this and it's it's fine it's i mean as far as party game type things go it's pretty great out of four given that most party games are twos um and it was probably the best game we played that day because the other games we played that day were um five second rule Five second rule, literally true, <laughs> and the Bob Ross Happy Little Accidents game, which I know you you probably didn't hate that one. I know you reviewed it, but it's just I don't know, man. Like it's a party game. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, like it's one of those games that you just really you don't. It doesn't even make sense to keep score. Almost. I mean, like it's a popularity contest thing. So you know, like all party games, like uh, you know, like all party games, such as. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another game that's really just a popularity contest. Masking is something better. You know, Sheriff of Nottingham. That's not even true. Uh, yeah. No, that's probably true. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's uh, When I Dream. Um, yeah, man, this is going to be a good episode, Jason. I am in a particularly silly mood tonight. So anyway, go on. <laughs> All right. Uh, another game I played is a game that we've played many times, and we busted it out last night, just me and Katie, and that is Shakespeare. And this is a game where you are... 
recruiting actors and stagehands to put on the best play that you can. Have two dress rehearsals. Try to get your actors to have costumes. Try to make sure your set is better than the other players. All that seems way more thematic than what the game really is. You're really taking tiles and putting them on a board. And you're taking little discs and putting them on your um, workers. And you're moving a disc up three tracks. But this game is one of... I'm not going to say one of my favorite, but this is a really great Euro game that's super underrated and definitely needs to have more love. So Shakespeare by Astari or Yistari, however you want to say it, go check that out if you haven't played it. I think you'll dig it. Two things about this game. One, you pull it out of the box and you're like, where's the rest of the game? Because there's not much to it. Like it just, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of components there. Um, Then there's cards and some chits and some tiles, but like, you're just like, man, this box doesn't have a ton to it. Uh, compared to a lot of Euro games, for one. And then two, like you look at your little player board and you're like, this looks like a Dollar Tree potty training sticker chart or something. I don't know. It looks like you put little like stickers on these circles or something. I don't know. It looks pretty crummy. But every time I play this game, I, I play it and I think, yeah, this game's pretty good. And then by the end of it, I'm like, wow, why don't I play my favorite game more than that? Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's just really good. I mean, and you can't explain why it's good. It sounds bland pretty boring well you're getting the best looking actors to come you know do these things but also some of them can do set design and some can do you know uh tailoring and stuff so plus there's these colors you have to worry about and just i don't know like it doesn't sound cool but like man is it a good game it really is and the thing is the score track only goes to 30 so you know that that's going to be some crazy type points that's one of the things i like about it Katie's who I would say would be my guest for breaking 30 if anyone can break 30, but I don't know, man. That's a hard game. I beat her last time. You did, man. I'm proud of you, bud. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Only because of the tiebreaker, but whatever. Whatever. Hey, take it, bud. A victory's a victory. <laughs> that it is. Oh, Jason, our, our feature this week is... Uh, I think a community suggested one. It's uh, you've got it written down here: games that make people green with envy. So, like, I took this to mean games that, like, I own, maybe don't particularly cherish that much, but are probably out of print, probably a little bit hard to find, and people see them and they go, "Whoa, you own that game?" And you go, "Yeah, but man, it's sure is covered in dust." I don't know. Like, at least that's the games I put on here um, for the most part. Um, so I don't know. Is that kind of your interpretation of what we were doing here? Yeah, I kind of just put games that are hard to get, like some we'll talk about, or games that maybe they haven't come to America yet, or some reason or another. They're games that I actually play on mine. That's what I pick. But mostly just hard to find games that I have in my collection that other people stare at longingly. Yep, like the first game on your list here, Jason. I definitely want to punch this monitor and take your copy of this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that game is Symphony Number no. Nine by Mo uh, Moa Ideas. Yeah, they, they sent me a review copy, and I think it's like me and Tom Vassell are the only ones in America that have this game. So, if you want it, good luck. <laughs> I I don't know how you're gonna get it. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting too. Like, definitely a multilingual version that you have too. I mean, like it has like. Korean or Japanese or China. I don't know what the characters are on the front. Taiwan, uh, whatever Taiwanese, I guess that would be. Yeah, I yeah I wouldn't have gotten there for quite a while. Uh, but yeah, I mean like it's a really interesting looking game. It it's another. It looks like Shakespeare kind of like in that it's just kind of plain looking, but it sounds like an amazing little 
kind of bidding interesting screw the other people game yeah it's a, a really nice economic game that has some good bidding and you know decisions in it and it's short you can play it in like 45 minutes even with four players so yeah i highly recommend this one when it ever does come to america if it ever does come to america check it out yeah i might i might pull the hey do you guys want another another review of this game card <laughs> and, and go brag i don't know we'll see <laughs> that's what i had to do for like two months <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I either that or go visit Taiwan. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's always an option. This has English rules in the box too, right? Yeah, it's everything in the box is English. So weird. Yeah, I I don't know why it's not in America anywhere. I I, I don't get it. It could be in England or like you know other countries that speak English, just maybe not in America. You can buy know. it. On, you can buy it on Wish dot com. Ironically enough, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> that's not true Jason wasn't sure if that was true or not that's not true don't, <laughs> yeah, and just... don't and probably don't buy video, board games or video games but board games in particular on wish.com because I don't know man they're they're not real I'm just gonna say that right now <laughs> those nice Chinese knockoffs <laughs> like Carcassonne made out of cereal box tiles like I don't know it's <laughs> it's not good don't buy them <laughs> but it's only five dollars Plus seventeen dollars shipping, so yeah, <laughs> you got true. a good deal there. <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right. For the record, Jason did not buy games on Wish. dot com. I don't think you have. <laughs> I hope you haven't. I've never even heard of that website before until today. So no. Okay. Well, good. Don't. I mean, don't go there. It's. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a huge deal. Like the they like sponsor the L A Lakers, but like they're really? just notorious for like counterfeit goods and stuff. So I don't know. It's uh, counterfeit board games. Like I know they can make them cheaper. But then you don't pay designers and artists and stuff like that. So you're paying photocopiers or whatever. I don't know. So I, right, I yeah. do not endorse buying pirated board games. So uh, that's a that's a real risky statement I'm making there. Don't buy pirated board games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Napster, bad. Board game Napster, equally as bad. Metallica, good. <laughs> Metallica, good. Lars, bad. Metallica, good. All right. That's a that's a only that's, only nineties kids will understand that. Uh, yeah. That's podcast number four, the Metallica yeah. cast. Yeah. All right. This week in the Metallica cast. Uh just kidding. We're actually gonna start a new one called let's go to the next one in our, our list called Mystery of the Abbey. Um we yes. both own this game, kind of luckily, I think. Um yep. I yep. like it quite a bit. I think it's a step up from Clue for sure. I won't play Clue as long as I own this game um, because it's Clue and Guess Who and just other fun little things. So cool art, Days of Wonder level production. Um, it's got a little bell in it, which is fun. So um, a cool game. And this one, I don't, I don't know. It almost, it, it definitely belongs on this list because people want it and you can't get it right now. But this is one that I do play. Not a ton, but I play it at least at least once a year. And when, I don't know, when you own... 300 board games. Some things don't get played every year. So this one gets played once a year, though, at least. And uh, I do enjoy it every time I play it. So Mystery of the Abbey, we both own. Thoughts on that, Jason? Yeah, I play it probably about once a year as well. And I actually had, it's a six or five player game. I actually had however many players that can play sheets worth laminated. So I don't ever run out of sheets. So I can just use dry erase markers and keep track of stuff. So I can keep it for a long time and not have to worry about oh, that's awesome. find sheets from BGG or whatever. During the thousand-year reign after the tribulation, we'll be able to play this game for a real long time. <laughs> That's true. It's never going away because I have laminated copies. Only Bible school kids will get that reference. 
<laughs> Podcast number five. <laughs> the theology cast. Well, I mean, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave that one right there. Yeah, why don't you move on to your next game, Jason? <laughs> All right. So the next game, I, I don't know how out of print it is or how hard it is to get. It's but between print runs for sure. Yeah, it's it's the gallerist, and I have this one only. You haven't picked this one up yet, even though it was on sale at Eagle Griffin for like fifty bucks. I don't know if you saw that, so maybe what? they were clearing out their cop their uh, stock or something. But what this is? Yeah, I I pretty sure, I thought I t- tagged you or sent it to you in in what? Messenger. I don't know. Yeah, Eagle Griffin had right, a sweet talk, deal on keep it. Keep talking about this game, Jason. Go ahead. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So this is one of those big box big big bleh, big box games like Lisboa and. Vinos that uh, Eagle Griffin put out, and it's Vitello Serta. We love Vitello Serta. This was, may still be, was my number one game for a while, and I definitely dig it, and if you get a chance to pick it up, you should, because it's about running an art gallery and finding sculptors and photographers and painters and getting their commissioned painting, so you can always get it at a good deal, trying to make them famous. It's a cool theme, and it's a really fun game, so... The gallerist, one that I like to make people drool over. Uh, yeah, if you hear clicking in the background, Jason, that's um, I've got real <laughs> bad mice. <laughs> they run it on your keyboard, are they? <laughs> I'm thinking this deal might be still going because their website is definitely down. Like it's crashed hard. Yeah, they also have the little for sale one for like ten bucks, which I thought about picking up. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I need it to get free shipping, Jason, maybe you'll get a Merry Christmas after all. <laughs> Yeah, it's nine ninety nine. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to get it. That's okay. Uh, I'll I'll happily play your copy. Uh, so the next game, Jason, is one where I I might have a little. Uh, I don't know. You can get you can get the expansion for your copy, and it's yeah. not ridiculous. So Bruce, Jason has the German copy. I have the I have the uh, the the American the American copy, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the big difference on this one is I have a cardboard box to put my cards in, and Jason doesn't. So, Well, like, and y- yours are in English, and mine have paste-ups, but outside of that. I can't read anyway. I mean... <laughs> I guess that it doesn't really matter. You just look at the picture like, yeah, this red guy looks cool. I'll play him. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so Bruges is a Stefan Feld game. Probably one of his more popular ones. Really hard to get. I think it's been out of print for a while. It's probably going to get a reprint once it hits its 10th anniversary, whenever that is, maybe coming up. Hey, Jason, good news. Yep. Uh, Galleris is back in stock over at Eagle Griffin Games. All right, but it's, it's still on this list. We're still talking about it's it. It's a mere ninety four ninety nine right now. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not one you see all the time, though. I mean, that's one that it's, it's, it's an event to see it out in the wild, I think. So I'm happy it's on the list. Yep. <sighs> Jason, if if Galleris goes on sale for fifty dollars, like you wolf me, like I'm, Ryan I'm Howard pretty... Wolf from The Office, where it makes my Twitter go, it makes my phone ring, it sends I'm, me a fax. I'm pretty sure I did that, except for the fax. I thought I sent it to you in Messenger, man. All right, we'll check. We'll check the official record later. <laughs> yeah, maybe I didn't. Maybe I just thought, hey, I need to send this to Joel, and then I just let it die. Because that's the kind of friend that I am. <laughs> no, the kind of friend you are is I'm going to say I sent it to you. Then hack into your phone and put it in there in the history. And be like, yeah. no, I'm a good dude. I'm not going to try and make you jealous of my game that I have that's, that's not in your shelf that you like. 
Yeah, that's true. That is what I'm going to do. Just wait. I'll get it. I'll set it up. Talk about your girl game, Jason. I'm tired of talking about this. <laughs> All right. So the next game that I have that you don't have, I'm pretty sure this game's out of print and people hate the theme, but I really like it. And I've played this game probably three or four times already this year. And that is Rococo. Um, it's from Eggerspiel. And I, I'm, I'm like 100%, maybe not 100, but like 90% that this is out of print. I had to do a trade to get mine. And if it's a game about sort of deck building with some area control and you're building dresses and coats for like this Victorian ball or Renaissance era ball and trying to sponsor some fireworks and get your people up on top of the castle with the king. It's a cool game. It's a fun game. I really dig it. And a lot of people can't find it. So that is why I put it on this list. Now, when I called this a girl game, I was saying that tongue in cheek because I mean, like, Honestly, the theme isn't super appealing to me, but like, it's fine. Like, I'll play whatever. But I mean, for sure, like, what a, a more closed minded version of myself would be like, make a dress. Come on. I want to kill Nazis in my board games. I don't know. <laughs> um, but Rococo, by all accounts, is an awesome board game. And I've heard so many good things about it that it's criminally underrated. And I've seen that for more people than Jason. So, this is one that I do need to play. And I know that it is not easy to find. So um, for Coco, Jason's leaving that to me in his will, which I appreciate, bud. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I may die before you. <laughs> and if you can get it from Katie, then you're good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> all right, so you go ahead and talk about these next couple because I haven't played them and I don't have them. So these are all you. Okay, Jason. Um just so you know, I want to make sure you know this. Um, I have worked out every day for like the last seven, and I'm planning on going to the next 29 because I'm doing a challenge called 30 for 30, 30 days of cardio for the next 30 calendar days. So that's all because I want to own Rococo someday. So anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. You keep it up. And I am not going to play that darn $58 over MSRP to pay to get this game. Um, I am going to instead work out until I'm an old man and then inherit this game for the months of life that I will have left when I outlive you, Jason. <laughs> Sounds good. Jason, I, I think you and I will be like, like that, like, you know, when people die and then they're like, I just can't keep going on without my partner or whatever. I think that's what's going to happen here is that <laughs> you'll pass away and then I'll be like, well, nobody talk about board games too. Might as well just call her quits. <laughs> so long. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> it'll be crazy. Like, it'll be like when we're forty-two and forty-eight or something. I don't know. I hope not. But anyway, yeah, we'll see. Just kidding. That's a very good joke, Jason. I hope you grow old and your children give you lots of grandchildren and you have a happy long life. And I hope that you find a copy of Rococo at Goodwill and you can just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe better chance of that than the first one. <laughs> Speaking of Goodwill, uh, my next game is Max versus Minions, which has nothing to do with Goodwill at all, but <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. transitions. So um, this game's interesting because it goes between print runs sometimes, like a lot of games do. Um, this one's from a not board game company. This is from Riot Games, and they, for s some reason, put out a board game. Um, and I think it was just like a love letter to their fans is what they, they called it. So basically, I think they sell this at cost. I mean, they, they can't be making a lot of money on this game because they sell this this bad boy for like 75 bucks shipped. And it's like 
seriously a 30 pound game and it's just full of plastic components. It's amazing. Um, when it's out of print, I get like daily trade offers for it. Like, Hey, you want to ship me that copy of Mechs versus minions? And I'll send you a very good copy of ticket to ride Alvin and Dexter, the two (laughs) little figures that go with Alvin and Dexter on the ticket to ride board. So yeah, yes, I definitely (laughs) want your $11 expansion and I will ship this $75 $75 game, spending $40 to ship it so that we can make that deal work out. Boy. Um, anyway, I, I just had a fraudulent trade offered to me too, by the way. So just be careful on your trades, guys. Like, I think they're figuring out, hey, I can swindle people. Um, like, this person, like, kind of didn't have the best English. And they were like, I want to make a trade with you. Here's what I want to give you. I will give you these two games on your want list that aren't even out yet for your out of print game that I can probably sell. So like, yeah, like definitely they were trying to like trade me things that aren't out yet. So, um, I got lucky on that one, I guess, but just maybe be a little skeptical on your trades on board game geek. So, um, that did happen to me this week. Anyway, Max versus minions is a cool co-op game. Um, tons of plastic pieces in it, different variable setups all the time. It's basically 10 board games in one. They call it a campaign, but like basically it's like they're introducing new things and making the game more and more involved. It's not like you're telling a story along the way or anything. Like there's just little setups that you do and it's just it always introduces new little mechanics and stuff. It's pretty fun cuz you play as like a variable player power and if you've played the League of Legends games at all, like you kind of are familiar with the characters anyway. So that makes it even more fun. But you're just blowing out minions and smoking them. And it's kind of fun to watch yourself get stronger and stronger. And it's silly to say, but like you kind of want to get overwhelmed at some points. So you can just see like your like best combos just fire and you just take out like twenty minions in one turn. So it's just kind of neat. There's just a bunch of different scenarios about like ones like the school's on fire. So you got to defend the school and put out these fires and just, I don't know. There's different setups that you just do in it. It's a co-op game programming and kind of like, I don't know, just fun. It's just a fun game. And like, really there is a lot of cooperation that happens in there. Um, you're drafting cards, trying to upgrade your, your guy all the time too. just a cool game. And this is one that just production on its top notch. So even if you know what it is and like, you aren't into it, it's a game that people want to look at anyway because they're like, whoa, these are really nice inserts. It's a really nicely designed box. It's just sharp looking. So that's Mechs versus Minions. Um, I do have it. It gets it gets played. I mean, it hasn't gotten played this year probably, but I think once I got to the campaign, it slowed down quite a bit, but I would I would sit down and play this one probably. Um, it's one that I enjoy. Any comments on that, Jason? Any, any MST3K like funny puns you want to make or anything right now? No, I haven't played it. That's all okay. I'll say. All right, good deal. And I think there's a reason. That's okay. Yeah, we beat this horse until it's dead, so I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, The next one is uh, Clash of Cultures. This one's still available, but I know that the designer and Z-Man games have parted ways. And so Z-Man owns the art and all the design of this game, and the designer owns all of the, like, language and rule books and just uh, the mechanics of the game. So... This game won't be published by Z-Man ever again. Um, They've made that really clear. And the designer has moved on to other projects that he wants to do on Kickstarter and things. So I don't think he's going to try and resurrect this one and make it widely available again. So this is one that I don't think is going to be around that long. And um, when 
here's how this works. I, I made this claim about Battlestar Galactica a year ago. Like I knew they lost the license and I was like, you know what? People are going to want this game because they know they can't have it. And that's what's going to happen with this game. Like once people figure out, man, it's hard to find and I can't get a copy, it's going to shoot up. And like it did shoot up once. Like when the announcement first happened, they were selling copies of this for like 120 bucks. Um, and now it's like they found more in the warehouse because that's how Z-Man does too. Like Z-Man prints off a billion copies of a game and they sell like half of them for $7 and then they run out of print and they never print it again. So another Z-Man game is going to pop up on my list a little bit later, but um, Clash of Cultures is one that I totally foresee being a rarity at some point. And it's my number one favorite Civ building game. It's really cool, really the right way. It's like a medium heavy game. Um, and just, I mean like combat in it, but not really. I mean like not a ton. You can do so many other things to try and make your civilization great. Just a cool game. And that game is Clash of Cultures. All right. My next game is Dinosaur Island. Um, I honestly don't know if this is in retail or not, but I know for a while it was only people who had the Kickstarter, so it was impossible to get. But now the second Kickstarter is about to deliver. It may be going to retail as well, so it might be a little more accessible. I don't know. But Dinosaur Island, five little mini games in one that turned into one big game. You're trying to... Built, make dinosaurs by mixing DNA, bring people to your park to check out the attractions, try to not have them get eaten by the dinosaurs when they escape from their cages, and have the most points, and you win. There's a little more to it than that, but that's a quick overview, and Dinosaur Island is one that I'm glad that I have, and you will be getting one here shortly. I hope. Um, that's podcast two. Um, maybe three. I think two was Jacket's talk. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm with you on this, and like I think I'm with you on this because I don't think this is going to be a rare game for much longer. Um, I've seen where like it's starting to be out in like some pre-orders on online retailers and stuff. Um, but I will say this: this is a head-turning drool game because the components in it are so good. Um, like even the standard edition is just really good. Like these cool plastic dinosaurs, the dice look awesome. Um, all those little meeples, the art's really good. And so I played the standard edition and I thought, you know what? Like I'm going to go all out on this because I think the component quality in this makes the game just that much more enjoyable. So having the metal coins and the slat bracelet will be even better. Right. So, um, I am way into this and I'm way jealous that you own a copy and I don't. So, and like just that color palette brings back feels of my childhood. So, uh, Dinosaur Island definitely deserves to be on this list, Jason, and definitely is a game that people see on your shelf and get a little green with jealousy. Yeah, the thing that's crazy about mine is I actually found it in a, a game store, which is crazy surprising because they were like, they were nowhere. And it was like $45. It was awesome. So yeah, yeah it is awesome. Definitely snag that up. I'm going to do a, a lightning round here, Jason. These are four games I added that... Um, I mean, like, I don't know that I, I, I got your permission, so I'm just gonna do a lightning round here. That's uh, fine. Turn in taxis. It's not an awesome game, but it's a perfectly good game. It won the spiel, and it's way out of print, and probably won't ever be reprinted. Um, slightly a little more expensive than it would cost to buy it when it was new. Now, um, a good game. If you like Ticket to Ride, you'd probably really like this one. Um, it's like Ticket to Ride with like more stuff to it. So, um, pretty cool. Um. It's a it's a husband and wife team that designed it too, if I remember right, um, and it's like not Antoine Bowser, but it's like a pretty big deal designer made it. So um, Tales of the Arabian Nights, this one's insanely hard to find um, at different times. When I found a copy, I found it. I heard about it on the Shut Up and Sit Down review, and then it was like gone immediately because that's what happens when they review a game. 
Well, then my wife saw the review of it and she thought it looked kind of cool too. So she like look, went looking for it. She found a scientific instruments company in South Carolina that had educational toys in it that had a copy. And so like we ordered a copy from them and got it at like MSRP and it's was really expensive when we got it. And now it's back to being kind of expensive again. Um, again, a Z-Man game that they just don't produce things then they overproduce them and whatever. So I think they've gotten better with that since, since the big A bought them out. But, um, just one of those, one of those things too, uh, Union Pacific, this is one that won't ever get a republish either because Union Pacific was like, Hey, don't make a board game with our name on it unless you're going to pay us lots of money. And they were like, hey, sounds good. We'll call this game Airlines Europe. And so I do have Union Pacific. It does have a couple rules variants on it that you just you couldn't translate them into an Airlines game from a train game. Um, and I think some people really like that. Most people don't. Most people think it's like, uh, hey, the new streamlined Airlines Europe game is better. Um, I would venture a guess, Jason, that you'd probably like Union Pacific better just because of how you operate. You're like, don't streamline it for me. I like it a little bit clunky and a little extra layer there. So um, some people like Union Pacific quite a bit, and it's hard to find because of that. And then Agesia. Um, This is one that I own because of Jason. So um, a guy wanted to trade with me, and I was like, hey, is there anything on this list that is cool to get? And none of it looked cool to me. And you were like, dude, Agesia is kind of hard to find, and some people love it. And I got it. I've only played it once, so it's definitely collecting dust. But it's got this cool mechanism of like, it's almost like, it's not quite the Takedo thing, but it's the one-way directional thing where you can only go down the river and you can go slow and try and, you know, uh, be methodical or you can go fast and get out in front. Kind of the thing in Heaven and Ale for sure. Um, and, And you're going down the river a few times building these wonders kind of thing. And it's an older game. But it's a game that a lot of really awesome designers will cite as an influence into their designs and a game they really like, including Viera Lacerda. So that's one on my shelf that if some people knew I had a copy, Collecting Dust would probably be pretty mad. So those are mine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that Agesia or Agesia, however you say it, I think that's some of the designers that are like the big hotness now, like Daniel Tashini, Simone Luciani, those guys that do like Marco Polo and all that. I'm pretty sure they're part of like the design group that did this game. I I'll agree because I don't know. And yeah, you're, you're pretty much always right, Jason. Yeah, Flaminia Brazzini and Virginio Gigli Healy. I don't know. Yeah, they're part of the design group here. Akatoka is the design group. Akatoka, that's something there. Yep. Well, cool. Um, I gotta keep watching these deals of the day, Jason. That's what you're telling me now over on the Eagle Griffin. So. Uh, today it's uh, through the ages. So if you're listening to this podcast, that deal expired a couple of days ago. But if you if you wanted through the ages, you could have gotten it a couple of days ago, half could price. Have, you could have picked it up if only you'd known. That's a game I own that I don't care about, and it's never been played. So that went in TI three. So I don't know if those belong on this list or not. But I definitely own TI three, and I definitely own through the ages. And I don't think I've played the new story yet. I played the old one that's not as good, supposedly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have nothing else to say, Jason. What about you? Yep, I got nothing. Wow, are we going to really sign off at, like, 50 minutes? Plus, uh, by the time you edited out 15 minutes of my, like, babbling, <laughs> this is a 30-minute episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... Works for me. I mean, I think we said what we needed to say, and we had... I mean, this is an episode that has five other podcasts in it, so I mean... Yeah. People are definitely getting their money's worth, that's for sure. The bad news is, like, if you're listening to this at work, 
you still have like seven hours to go. Like I know you feel like, hey, I listen to five podcasts. It's got to be getting close to like lunchtime at least. Nope. Nope. Sorry, bud. Joke's on you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, if you are done listening to the board game mechanics, uh, go ahead and just um, hit the stop button on your cassette recorder that you're listening to this on. <laughs> and uh, well, I guess that's only if you're on our cassette program where we mail you cassette tapes. Um, yeah. yeah. But but if you're listening to this on the cloud, um, just unplug your cloud and we're done now. <laughs> if you want to keep listening to Jacket Talk, we'll be going for the next two hours. So uh, Jacket yep. Talk coming to you after this after this slight song break. <laughs> but uh, I've been Joel and keep gaming. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming. And some music now, but now we're going to talk jackets. All right, let's get some Morgan music in here. Let's talk blue jackets. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to stop recording. Yep, stop recording. Because we're not really going to do that.